passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Charity Stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It is the charity stripe. It's your free throws because they are free. Fisher to sop was DJ Nikki Snacks Crider. Extra done there today. I did. I kind of was going for it. I wonder. I wonder how many does I got in me. But that is another day for another time. Because it is. Could you hold your breath underwater? Um, I was two. You were two years old. No, I was two it. years. I was two years old when I when I hit my peak performance. But now, like maybe two minutes before I start really panicking, I think that's pretty I, good. I would say we all hit our peak performance when we were negative years old. Oh yeah, in the womb for when nine we were, months when we were womb mates. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what <laughs> were you caught off guard when I told Michelle Beadle the other day that that you breastfed until you were fourteen? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's true yeah, i wasn't caught off guard and that's true friendship I, yeah i mean at this point nick and i you know josh has this this uh pastime for himself that that he likes to go about whenever he meets people that he hasn't you know conversed with a lot where he just dumps on them just the the most bold-faced lie you've ever heard <laughs> but he's really good at keeping a straight face and and <laughs> I either everyone's really gullible or you're a good actor, man. Thank and, you. Uh, <laughs> every time it. they they then ask me or Nick, we're just like, of course he's not telling the truth. Like, we have some people that are just easy targets, like Joe Jamoke De, De Leon over there. Yeah, literally yeah, falls yeah. for anything. Well, you, you Nick is so committed to not believing anything. Like you're looking, Nick is looking for it. He's like, you have like, have a proud stamp of approval over the last couple of, last couple of years. I would say like, you cannot get me like I, you will, you don't be <laughs> like you refuse to be gotten, but I've gotten some of my boy. I got like, like well, Stryker, I got Stryker recently pretty badly. Like it's to the point where you'll say things that actually happen that I won't believe now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that also is, is true. But I, I try to pull one over. I, I've always found like saying it quicker and like nonchalantly makes it like more really like it's just like okay like a throwaway like it's like more more casual for because then they have to pick it up um but speaking of picking it up the miami heat are gonna have to pick it up we want to do our succession recap we're gonna get into what we've been waiting all week if you haven't seen it yet tough luck the miami heat are gonna have to pick it up because i i texted utah and at halftime i was like this is a whirlwind they are beating, throwing seven different kinds of smoke in their direction, and they just can't. They just cannot hang with this Denver Nuggets team. Murray, Gordon was electric. Porter Jr. was just doing everything he needed to do, and like Jokic had ten assists by the half. And at that point, like, what are you going to do? And he's like not even scoring that much. The the Heat we said have to get to the line. They literally did the opposite to the line the fewest in the NBA Finals history. Was it twice? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought that it was a a tale of, well, you'd like to be aggressive and you'd like to try and draw some fouls. And in the modern age of basketball in today's NBA, some of that means embellishing contact. They did not have that opportunity because every offensive possession that they had was too precious. Mm -hmm. 
they didn't have the luxury of being able to try different things. They got into Jimmy Butler isolation early. Um, I thought he was creating really, really well. And he ended up with seven assists. I think he should have had more than that. He should have had 10 plus assists in this game. Struess had quality looks that he was not knocking down. Uh, same thing with Martin. Same thing with all their role players. I, Gabe Vincent, shout out to him. He had a good game. Although I think, you know, he hit some, uh, a couple of threes late that, that I, at that point, you know, the game was already over. Haywood Highsmith stepped in and did exactly what he needed to do. But every time they chipped away at the lead, they were playing with that competitive edge that they've always had. They got a great game offensively out of BAM. It wasn't enough. And Jokic and the Nuggets always had an answer. Um, now, if they shoot, they shot you know, like 10 plus threes uh, in comparison to the Nuggets, they're going to need their shots to fall if they want to stay in these games, let alone win these games. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I trust Jimmy at the end of the, the game if it's, you know, less than a five point lead. Um, but, you know, th- this is an uphill battle for them for sure. And y- you said it like Jokic, a- anytime he needed to score, he scored easily. Mm-hmm. Like I know that that uh, clip is circulating of him going at Cody Zeller and basically shirking him off like he was a six four point guard, um, you know, getting to the rim with ease. This was a, a a team that looked like they were in complete control. They looked well rested. I said I didn't want to see um, I didn't want to see them double Jokic. They did double Jokic in the first half. And it wasn't as much as you could have, but um, it's not something that's ever going to work. And I certainly think that they have a personnel problem in regards to matching up with Denver's size. The size difference was apparent. Porter Jr. had 13 rebounds. He had two blocks. Gordon was had 14 points in the first half, and it was basically like every shot was within two feet of the hoop or it was a dunk over a player that's five inches shorter than him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had a tweet thread that was going. I was like, you cannot put Gabe Vincent on Aaron Gordon. He will score every time, every mm-hmm. time. And then I was like, well, you can't put Caleb Martin on him either. And you can't put Max Struess on him. So I don't know who you're going to put on him. I think we're going to see a lot more Haywood Highsmith. Um, but I, I do have some, some praises for the heat, but I'll let you yeah jump in there just based off of what I just said. Well, I want to ask you guys through three quarters. How many buckets do you think Jokic made? think he had probably six five or six i think he had taken seven shots at that point eight shots you want to throw some at it nick four yeah four i mean one three one bucket in the in the first quarter two in the paint in the second and then he had four buckets in the fourth quarter it's so and this is like an observation i have about his game He's so good at getting the rest of his guys going early a lot of the time that and kind of, you know, waiting for his moment. And I was I was talking on a show the other day, one of the radio shows, Rip City, which I think we're guessing is Portland. Uh, the great Dwight and Chad. Awesome dudes. Uh, we were talking about Jokic being not unathletic, but not uber athletic to where his moves and his energy is so pointed and so specific. Like he's almost like a, like a boxer in the ring where he's not flailing around. He's not going at you. He's so methodical. He's so exact and precise. He's got absolute precision. And he kind of sits there like a viper sometimes and tires you out, tires you out or waits for you to get tired. And then he starts attacking the bucket, gets every other guy involved. And then he starts going at you in the fourth quarter, drawing fouls, getting to the line, getting buckets, uh, and ones and the guys, he's just very methodical and sur- he's very, he's a very smart player. One of the smarter player. Yeah, I know it's obviously, a given, obviously, obviously but I think yeah, it's yeah. one. I think he's one of the smarter players we've ever seen. To be honest, I I think that it, to me is obvious. Honestly, like I, what based off of what he's able to do, there's there's very few guys that we've watched in our lifetime mm-hmm. that make the same reads, that make the same quality read, time in time out. Now I. I want to say what I what I had been saying on, on a num- numerous different radio stations on how they should defend him was not how they went about it. I think that they went about it in the complete wrong way. He, in the fourth quarter, you're right, he, he waited patiently like a viper. 
And guess who looked like he was spry and had pep in his step and had plenty of energy in the fourth quarter? Jokic. You have to get him to a place where he's not looking like that in the fourth quarter, where then you can take advantage of it. I don't think they attacked him enough on defense. He was he was also comfortable letting Bam take those 10 to 12 footers. And to Bam's credit, he was high percentage with those shots last night. He hasn't always been that throughout the playoffs, but I don't think that they attacked him. Um, I do think that they really tried to, to get the break going and push the tempo. Um, I, I want to give a, a quick shout out to the Miami Heat defense because I think they got back excellently in this game. Now, in that secondary break, the Jamal Murray pick and roll with Nikola Jokic is as deadly as Jokic himself in the fourth quarter. I, I'm not sure, and and the, the more I watch Jamal Murray throughout these playoffs, the more and more I'm confident that he's getting healthier and healthier because I think he looks even quicker this series than he did last series against the Lakers. The guy's first step and his movement around picks and shout out and credit to Jokic for being one of the best screeners in the NBA as well. He has so much space to get off his shot. He had, he had three, four feet of available space every time he was shooting, except for a couple of like post fadeaways that he of course miraculously hit because he hits tough shots. Jamal Murray had an easy night last night, easy. And his nights cannot be easy. Another thing that I said, if they want to, even have a shot at getting two games against this Nuggets team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree on all fronts. I hope they come back with a little more firepower in the second because Murray it's, that's the scariest part. Like he's fine winding this thing in his playoffs better with every game. Like every game, he looks a little bit better. I think it's a great point by you. Um, I think he's fully back to the Jamal Murray. We saw in the bubble where he was absolutely electric and lighting it up. And then he hit the injury bug and we were kind of waiting for him to hit that gear again. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I mean, think some he... of that's just confidence of being on the court. Right. I think like from an athletic standpoint, maybe he's been back already, but sure. you have to trust your movements. And right now I don't see any hesitation when he, when he puts his, his head down and goes full steam ahead or makes a hard cut or a, a hard step back. Like, there's no hesitation whatsoever. Well, all, great. I, I think so much. I mean, you guys have had injuries, but I've had injuries. You guys have had injuries. I had an injury a couple years ago with my hip. Like I could bike again, probably, but I don't because like something mentally is like kind of blocked it off. I feel like so much of injury half the time is fifth. The physical, the actual physical injury itself is like 50% of the battle versus that mental second level is like, you know, getting past it is that next level. Um, yeah. The NBA finals, Jokic did not, dis never disappoints. We'll see what uh, answer Jimmy Butler has. Uh, Nick. And I think I, I made one. Uh, then I think that uh, Alex, I want to throw you to make one too. And because Nick, you made an all-star ballot. I know it took a little long wind to get there, uh, but an all-star ballot. Cause it's tough for MLB right yeah. now. There are some really before we get to succession. I threw like your guy. I don't Josh Young. I want to put him. I don't think I put him in there because I know you did, Nick, and you said that the other day. I want to see where I did it. Was it somewhere on my laptop? I thought I took a screenshot for y'all. Maybe I didn't. Uh, but I, it's really like Devers is in the mix. There's so many good, like, there's a lot of really good seasons going on right now. Like I had a ballot where I was like juggling between a Rosa Rainer and Alvarez, like throwing one of them in there, which is really brutal. So it was a lot of really good bait, like first base in the NL, Alonzo, Goldschmidt, Freeman, like Freeman, like, Freeman. He could easily be the MVP though. I just wanted to throw, before we get to succession, I wanted to throw that notion out there as good as Acuna Jr. has been like Freddie Freeman could really be the MVP. Yeah. I mean, he's it. He, he's in three fifty, And, at the top of his division too. It's crazy. It's so crazy. And we'll tied. Corbin Carroll, man. He's, he's at every bit as average. He's like Mookie 2.0. Yeah. I mean, he's going to win he, rookie of the year easily. Every, every bit as advertised. He's pretty, he's pretty remarkable too. Uh, but I did, I did throw our boy Adolis in there Garcia, yeah there there's go. a lot of rangers in there i, I mean simeon for sure is yeah you didn't put simeon i feel like this no no simeon, simeon was kind of i mean was was a lock simeon's a lock yeah. for me 
Simeon, there was a farm to the show, guys. Uh, I'm going to cut that clip for, you know, stadium and for just, you know, Twitter usage. But they had like a debate on Simeon and they think that he's a little like matter of like happenstance of like being in good lineups and a little overrated, which hmm. I think that's a tough sell for me at this point. Seeing what he did in Oakland, he's got two top five MVP finishes in his career before this season. So he's a real all-star. Um, who was y'all's, y'all's just quickly before we move on? Who was y'all's NL second baseman? Arias. Yeah, easily. Had to. But there were other good options, though. I, I wish I – I know I screenshot Yeah, I mean, I, Arias is, is the right pick. I, Nolan Gorman has been really good. That's who I was like – okay, thank you. Off the top. Oh, God, got it right here. Uh, Nolan Gorman was my debate. I have it here. First base AL. I went Rizzo, Simeon. I went Chapman over Young, but like you went, you went Rizzo over Yandy Diaz. Yeah, I probably should not have done that. Honestly, I just kind of like. Hey, I, know, Riz- I, I mean, I, look, that's not. I don't think Rizzo is a bad pick, though. It's not. Yeah, it's not. You're you're right, but it's not. I went Simeon. I went Chapman over Josh Young, but. I, I don't know. That's tough too. Bobachet, that's short. <coughs> it's easy for me. I left yeah. Al- I left Alvarez off because he's an outfielder. I went to Rosa Reina and Dolis, Aaron Judge for sure. Uh, I went I went Ruxman for catcher and then for DH. Like I have to go Shohei. Yeah, like, yeah, you have to. Like he's so good. And then and the NL was Freddie Freeman, Arias, JD Davis at third. Like he's like sneakily having a really nice season. He won't get it, but I want to give him some love because. He's like, you know, given all it's the best he's ever been. Orlando Arcia shortstop was a little weak for the NL. I felt. Yeah. I, I threw Xander a vote, even though he's struggling um, yeah. because, you know, he could pick it back up and I think, you know, he could work his way in there. I hope so. Acuna. My, I want to, I'm curious about your outfield, Nick, in the NL. My outfield was Acuna. Corbin K- Smith is your catcher. No, that was tough for me. I went with Sean Murphy. But that was like that's like again another toss up. DH I went with JD. He's been he's been dope. JD yeah. for the Dodgers. Yes. Uh, and then my outfield was Acuna. Corbin Carroll is a rookie. I had Solaire as my my DH. Mm. Yeah, just bombing right now. Um, and I I hate putting Dodgers in there. Uh, my outfield was Juan Soto and Acuna, and then I'm trying to remember who the the third one was. I mean Soto's. His on base percentage is just. He was my fourth insane. pick. I went with, I went with two D backs. I went uh, with Lord, I went with Lordy He's been yeah, dope. He's he been has. nice. He's been really nice. And yeah, we tossed and I. I think we're talking about that trade yesterday. Kind of like a, kind of a sus trade for the Jays. Not gonna lie, uh, but Nick, does not. it make you? I uh, are you okay with Will Myers hitting one eighty nine right now? <laughs> Well, he was injured for a lot of the year. He's not playing sure. a lot, but I mean, I guess Trent Grisham's hitting the exact same as that. So it's like, yeah, Trent is bad. I was, we did it hey, when we did our, Glover. yeah, when we did our top list, I was a little nervous. You were going to pity put the Padres in of our best lineups, but you just can't. They are literally last in baseball so in batting average. <laughs> it's so unfathomable how terrible they are. Sorry. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Just because I like the personnel on paper, I'm like looking at it on paper. I'm like, this should be all star, all star. Like they're all, they should all be all stars, and they're all null stars, not all stars. Yeah, they, I think as it stands right now, they probably have two all stars: Hater and Soto. I think Soto is going to get in. I mean, and yeah, and let's be honest: if Tatis had played a full season, he'd be an all star too. I, I think he, I still think he has think a chance because we have. A I, full that's month. what I'm saying. His number, his numbers are <laughs> as good as a lot of guys out there who have played an extra month. He needs why to get his average. Why don't they draw? I don't know. We can talk about this another time. I just want to talk about succession, but maybe answer me later. I don't know why drop him in the order. Just play with that. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. He gets on base. He steals bases. So that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that, that I, I think the other the other guy that we're we're flirting with maybe being an all star is Michael Waka. He's like the guy in the rotation this year that's like been our our best pitcher and he's been great. So a total joke. Uh, <laughs> I I hope Macho Man's a rookie all star too. Like honestly, that'd be I, he's got a dude. He got so many followers on the gram. It's crazy. Japanese baseball players. Um, all right. 
I want to, because we have so much to uncover in succession. I was talking to a friend of ours about being disappointed that it wasn't Kendall, although I think we all knew it never was going to be Kendall. And I really thought Kendall could have done it with the right circumstances. But he brought up the point that Kendall never took the time to establish real human relationships with people. And he was so hell bent on getting what he wanted that he never did that. And that that him, that that statement of all those, all his relationships being very surface level, yeah, let's do this like super shallow. I was like, you know what? That device of the scene with um, Logan joking with Connor, Jerry, with Carl and and Frank, like there's so many ways that device could have been used for me though. I think with knowing that point that our buddy made, it hits in that way in the sense that like Kendall didn't have that with anybody. Yeah. Makes sense. I've the, the kids are in that scene. They're in the tape. Are they? Yeah. They're at the table. I didn't see them. I didn't see them, but okay. If they are, I don't I think, think it's ma- presu- I think it's presumed that they're there, that, that it was like a classic family meal with the squad. I thought they said the other was pretty good to Connor. It was like, if they missed it, I don't know, maybe regardless though, I think to me though, what that notion that our buddy brought up, Kendall never made those relationships with people. Well, they, and and Logan they, actually, had. They, they actually showed you in the beginning of the episode, an example of that. I don't. I don't think a lot of people paid attention to it, but Jess was not in the finale. There was new Jess. She she got fired. Yeah. He literally said, "There's a, a blonde girl that walks in the office at the beginning of the episode and goes new Jess, because he doesn't know what her name is, so he calls her new Jess." New um, Jess. So that's exactly to your point, Josh. Is that he didn't nurture the relationships that he had around him, and there were people that were willing to to be on his side that like throughout the, the prior three seasons had, had shown up for him on a personal level. Frank, of course, being the number one, which to me is like, man, Ken, you couldn't even get in the vote. You couldn't get your, your, your real your dad, basically your like surrogate dad, Frank to vote for you. And he was the one that delivered the final. He was the first one. And I think, okay, like off your point, like there's a lot. Right, to he was the be first one to, just say, to vote. Yeah. First of all, well, say inten- no. Very intentional, of course. I think very intentional, but also, look, Frank and Carl have seen it all. They've been there for so long. They've put in so much time. They want to cash out. They want to sell and cash out. They're done. They're old guys. They want to kick up their feet and and be done. Yeah, and they're going to be done a little bit sooner than they Well, they're done to. whether they want to be or yeah, not. Yeah, they're done. I mean, yeah, because they, they, they burn their bridge with old Tom. He, yeah, when when they all sat around and they poo-pooed him when he threw himself out there, another small Easter egg of like, oh no, like, what well, go? Yeah, but, but like, but I don't, I don't blame them for that though. Like, they're no, right. no, 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 they're, they're right. right too. Like, Tom, Tom had more credibility from a business standpoint than <clears throat> Kendall and Shiv and Roman, of course, but not more than Carl. Not as long as Carl had been a tenured employee and and dealt with ups and downs and the market crash in 08. Like this exists in our world, you know, like all those things are still a reality of the situation. And Carl was with the company for that long, but they're also at that age where it's like, do we want them to stay around? No, you need the guy that's closer to Tom's age who can be the CEO, the puppet CEO for 10 plus years. What did you guys make of like the, the interview, the, I don't know if you even call it an interview, but the dinner that Tom and Madsen were having. I thought it was interesting because it, I'm glad you brought that up. What do you, what do you think first? You brought well, there was a lot of things going through my mind, right? When it's yeah. happening, like, like the, the thing that stands out the most is when he goes, um, you know, there's this thing about Shiv that like, I think she wants to F me and I, I want to F her. And I think in the right circumstance, she would F me too. And, He's saying that to her husband. And I think it was like a true test and a challenge to see if like he would actually say anything or if, or if he's just going to let Matson walk all over him and do whatever the hell he wants. And that was literally just like the test right there, you know, because, yeah. because like what's, what's more like, I'm just going to absorb these punches 
than a man saying to another man, I want to have sex with your wife and you not pain, do anything about it. Pain sponge, baby. He's pain a pain sponge. sponge. Exactly what he said. He, he, he basically, you know, gave a great example of that right there. And I think the most, one of the most masterful things about the show is that while he's testing him, we've seen enough of Matson to also know that that's a true statement for him too. Like yeah, the people aren't testing each other just to test each other. It's like part of their nature and who they yeah. are. You could see he really would want that too. Like we, we saw enough between the two of them to know that they had chemistry, um, not just on the camera, right? Like not just the actors, but like also the characters within the show. Uh, no, but that was, that was an awesome moment. I love that. Like, Greg got kind of manipulated as a device of communicating kind of between the different camps, right? Like he was so quick to betray everyone to get what he wanted where he didn't necessarily have the same level of loyalty that Tom had consistently to Logan throughout the show. Mm, he wasn't... Because he remember wasn't... when he was with Ken in season two? Like season two and he lived with Ken for a second? Like he really did. I mean... He's very nomadic. Yeah, he gravitated towards Ken, but but ultimately he came in with no strings attached to anyone, right? Ewan, basically, and Logan. So he had to fend for himself. And I think that's also what got Greg to where he is, but it's also what kind of hindered him from having a real shot outside of the fact that he didn't have the the resume uh, from a business standpoint. Greg Hirsch can get a shot. I just don't think it'll be here. I think he's going to learn more under Tom in a safer, more focused environment there's not a lot of like this game of thronesy like battle for the iron throne going there's no battle for the iron throne going on anymore presuming mankin wins so we don't even know like you know mankin we're undering we're airing under that assumption so with tom i think it's interesting because we saw tom mainly through the lens of the roys where he was bodied a lot a subservient a lot they're like f tom screw tom he's soft like and you're like, yeah, like everyone's kind of pointing fun at him. And then next thing you know, like he rises from the ashes and everyone's shaking his hand and everyone's like people who characters, we don't even like, who are these guys, these characters, these people coming and shaking his hand. They're nobodies to us, but they're somebody's to him. And they're people that are clearly higher up that they're there at this event. They're there for his coronation. And he's meeting these people. And it just shows that like, maybe he wasn't with the Roy. Maybe he was the, you know, the bottom of the top with the Roy's quote unquote, he was still at the top. He was still at the top. And so I think he spent a lot of time with Logan. He learned a lot from Logan. I think he spent the most time with Logan without trying to get something from Logan, get his approval, get his praise. Or at least like, at least like overtly, right. He did the yeah. best job of like hiding what he really wanted. I will say though, I know he's like the winner of it, but I really don't think like if you keep the story going forward that he is. And I think there were enough moments that were shown in that finale and throughout the show to know that no one ever gets the sunshine for too long. When you think about after when they finalize the deal and they bring like the press team in there, what is the succession of how they take photos? The first photo includes Carl and Frank. The second photo includes just Tom and the Gojo crew. The third photo is just the Gojo crew. They know what they want, and they know they are ultimately the ones that are winning this situation. Right. Oh, yeah. Madsen sits in the Iron Throne. Tom's a puppet. Right. I'm just, yeah. So I think, and also, like, they, very much, they very much alluded, to, oh, for sure. They very much alluded to Mencken not winning by the fact that they said that Connor could easily end up not getting the appointment in Slovenia, staying in New York and, and forcing Willa to not have the apartment to run her, uh, her theater rehearsals for, you know, three months or whatever the amount of time that it was. She uh, looked in, she looked like in total panic. Yeah. When she yeah. heard that. That was such All a right. funny little quip that Roman threw at her. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was more, it was just like, Oh, you guys are already taking a break in your marriage after two weeks or something like that. The two week itch. He's got a yeah. he's had a couple of like zingers. Zinger. I don't know. I saw one of the scenes from season whenever they were on the boat, I think it was season two. I think season gonna, two finale, right? Yeah, they were on that boat and that who's it gonna be? Like watching that scene with the script. So script good. do you guys see it? Script yeah, going. Yeah, script I, script, yeah I was like, yeah. wow, it was like so dope. Like the liberties the actors take and when they take them, 
It's interesting because because some actors do take the liberties and other actors don't. Like it seemed like Tom was like pretty perfect, word perfect for the for uh, you know what the script entails. But like Roman and and uh, Kendall kind of go off a little bit. Yeah, I think Brit- I, British actors versus American actors, one one. That, but also a lot of times when they went off script, it was cutting lines, not adding things in. So it's just like a test testament to like how economical these actors were with the lines that they needed to get their point across. And then once you've said what you've said, like you don't have to add that that third reference to whatever was mentioned. I think like one line that <laughs> that Kieran Culkin cut had to do with like star wars or something like that i can't even remember what it was yeah, but yeah. he just like didn't say it and it was about jerry and he just like got straight to the point and mm. it it was one where i like read it with the script and i was like oh that's a funny line but then as i watched it i was like but he didn't need to say that so it's like no. i get why he didn't say it yeah that that's a, that was an awesome scene though that scene was way longer than i remembered which is just this is a show that like we enjoyed watching people sit in a room and talk to each other because it was that well written and that well acted and the stakes were there from a story standpoint, like the entire 24 seven was a hot burning fire. Like it was no, like it was a grilling fire the whole time. It was fast paced. Like they never really let up. And when they did take their foot off the gas, like, yeah, I mean the way we're, so we were also talking about like Kendall and you could see, not even Shiv saying, "Oh, you you're not going to be good at it." And Kendall's like, "Why?" And you're like, "Dude, like, like the only reason you're not going to be good at it is you're exemplifying it right now. You're not even able to like negotiate with your sister. You can't even handle this properly. You can't just r- sit down and rationalize. And be like, look, I know you're feeling this way. Well, let's just take a second. Like, I'll give you your time in here if you want. Like, I respect your decision. Like, I want this for our family." And you do if he could have done that, he has a shot at least. Yeah. But him yeah. like I'm exploding on the eldest boy and like like getting to like infant yeah. like infantile. It's like dude. I mean, like, he's hot. He's high. He's high on power in that moment, and no one has a rational thought when they are knee deep in whatever their their vices. And for yeah. him, it's he's an addict, you know. Yeah. And not only that, but he also he uh, may have killed that boy. Is that or two? Which one? The minute they shot that up, it was like, because you killed somebody. Was this y'all's favorite? What was your favorite episode of the show? I know it's a tough question, but. Of the entire show? Yeah, yeah. Just the one that like you you loved the most. Um, I think the funniest one's the bachelor party. That's <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, I like, supposed to There's go so Stock- many good ones. Where were they supposed to go? Stockholm? I don't know. They end up going to that that underground rave, though. Or yeah. the, um, I don't know. There's so many. There's so many that stand out. You, you know what is like one thing that we should always be on our toes for when HBO has a wedding, something's gonna go down, because in both wedding, actually, the, wait, there was three weddings in this show, right? So there was there was Connor's wedding. Just the Car- day that- Caroline's wedding and then Shiv and Tom's wedding. Yeah, yeah. So Connor's wedding, Logan dies, and Shiv's wedding, that little uh the the, the kid dies in the water. Mm-hmm. The I don't know if it, yeah. I don't know if anyone dies at Caroline's wedding. Uh um, but that's but that's when Kendall admits Oh yeah, that's 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 when he admits it. And, and, and also he, he tries to when he gets that betrayed. When he- that's when they get right. betrayed by Tom. Right. So that's the- like a huge one. And then we're looking back at weddings. Game of Thrones, Joffrey dies in his wedding. Purple wedding. Yep. Yep. The red wedding, obviously. Of course. Uh, yeah. The I saw it the other day, and it brought, you know, um, brought um the wedding in the wedding in House of Dragon too, Nick. Yep. Right? Isn't there like a massive chaos scene where where Tristan goes nuts? Yep. And kills. Yep. 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 There's there's a lot of usage of weddings in like Shakespeare. And like a lot of this is based off King Lear and Shakespeare uses weddings as like a, in, in comedies, like he uses them at the end for like joyous events. Like, okay, like this is your wrap up. Everything's happy. But in other instances, like he uses weddings at like weird points, like in ha- like in the middle of Hamlet and things go awry. And like, you know, he uses weddings in like the tragedies, like, middle points not at like these big 
you know, okay, like celebration points. Like, no, he uses them. Like, it's very pointed how he uses them. So I think to your, it's a good, really good point, Nick. Like, this was a tragedy and a drama. Like, as funny oh, yeah. as it was at times, like, he it uses was, like that. There when was, you think about, sorry, go ahead, Nick. There was a ridiculous amount of Shakespeare references in this succession. Dude, they even started talking like it at one point. Points. Well, I, I mean, they were actually, they're quoting it. They were quoting Shakespeare many times. And they also just all the themes align with it so much. I mean, there's there's so much in there. Um, yeah. Well, what was the one? It was a uh, um, King King Lear. Is it King Lear? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really based off heavily King Lear with them like Logan being the King Lear figure. I actually think when they were on, I think when they made it, I think I think. Why am I blanking on the actor's name? He, Ryan, he has got Brian Cox. Yeah, he was in King Lear. He's been King Lear before in London, maybe I want to say. So I think there's an element of his involvement there, like that was like, okay, this is clearly the guy. And then obviously yeah. in Le- in Lear, there's there's like the son. He has the son. He has his kids, the sons. Like there's like a lot of power struggle over the throne. Um, and his successor, and that's the kind of like the what it's based off of. But there's a lot of like Oedipus complexes, you know. Yeah, I know like like Jerry's not their mother, mother, but she's a mother figure. And Roman to Jerry is like an Oedipus complex. Like there's like a lot of that, like right. in a lot of Shakespearean tragedies. So yeah, I mean it's very these guys, the writer who the two writers of this show and the director, like the creators of this show, very 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 impressive the guy he do you guys watch the the after show ever mm-hmm. sometimes yeah i watched it after the finale and he said i will never <coughs> i will never create anything as good as this yeah but they're set now they can oh, get whatever they want now I, but i said and i turned I, I i turned to sam i was like i'm glad he said that because he doesn't have to this is enough like Sometimes it's enough, like, you know, as an artist, like, you know, you guys get a test, like you make something really dope. You're like, okay, I have to make something even better the next time. It's like, maybe you don't, maybe you don't. So that's maybe. it. So what that's it. Yeah. What that like chill, like, and that's like when we talk about game of Thrones, like, and the two guys, like, you know, getting ahead of themselves and like pushing the pace to get it done because of budgets and star Wars, like, oh, <laughs> well, I, I think, I think it's also, they worked on it for 10 years yeah they did but i mean i know it's easy for us to like critique like why wouldn't you just stick with it and write it out but like it's a long time to be working on something that's longer that's double what what most nfl players have as a career like they worked on that for a long time and guess what they didn't (laughs) come up with it so i I, yeah. I get I get why there was uh, some exhaustion Antsy. from there. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Also, like the product wasn't done. They're adapters. They're not. They they have never been, Benioff and Weiss have never been incredible um, writers from a standpoint of creating their own new IP. Right. They're they're mastermind adapters. It's, it's still not they had, no, they had nothing to adapt <laughs> at that point. They they were talking to him, and it was basically like a game of telephone. Where they hop on a Zoom, I bet, and he, I mean, I know it's more involved in this, obviously, but he's telling them, "Hey, here's how things are supposed to go." Yeah, no. And normally, absolutely. the way that he tells us how things are supposed to go is one chapter is like four episodes. I wonder you know? if like, uh, yeah, if if yeah. if Martin George R. Martin saw the show and what he chooses to finish the books with is going to be different because of he's how he saw the reaction or how he saw everything unfold. Well, I think it was already getting different at points anyway. Yeah. But I mean, like how different is his, his, his ending going to be if we ever get it, if we ever get it, dude, like you may never get it. I, I actually remember him saying something to the effect that like, it wasn't like his version. Arya doesn't kill the night King or something like that, or something plays out differently than what we saw. Something that's like pretty drastically different. I don't think the like end result of the narratives changes that much because of it, but like a crucial character does something that someone else did in the show. Um, right. I mean, obviously like one of the big storylines that he cuts out is, uh, oh, I can't remember what Catelyn Stark is. Catelyn Stark the, is, she's not yeah. dead in the books. 
Yeah. She, she comes back and she has some like cool like Lady Stonehand name or something like that. That's cool. But but the Arya to kill the Night King, Bran of whatever the hell I hated him. His name was to be the to be the Iron Throne guy. Like Brand, those are broken. Yeah, you. She said stayed broken. The those two getting to those destinations were a lot more out of left field for me than Tom getting to his destination of being the CEO of of Waystar. Like it, it, it like actually like Tom had worked his way up parks ATN head of ATN. He had like really, he was the only person oh, throughout the entire, I, I actually think he's the only person in the entire series. We saw from start to finish work their way up within the company. Greg and Greg. Yes. Who's Tom's leech basically. Yeah. No, I'm. But, I'm but Shiv never I'm, actually never like held like a a, a real Shiv, title at the company. No, Roman is like, okay, you're gonna do this. You didn't work for like they tried to make Roman work for it by sending him to Parks. Didn't really happen. He fired. I mean, River early in season four, he fires like the studio executive like in the first meeting with her just on a whim because he's <laughs> anxious and like. Doesn't want to talk to her in that conversation anymore. Just trying to do I, what his dad was. He thought his dad would do. You know. Right. Right. I no, Josh. I'm more so. I I want to defend Game of Thrones a little bit because I think, I, they set up Arya and Bran very much so in a way that, where they end up maybe isn't what we wanted. But Bran was a three eyed raven. Like, that guy had a lot of power by the end of the show. Yeah. He had a lot he of power. A lot of, he had a lot was, more power and wisdom and foresight than any other character. So. And Arya was an assassin that worked her way. For an entire for I'm not saying it's totally out of off base. I'm just saying it's a little out of left field, more out of left field than Tom being president CEO. Of is, it, is it more out of left field than dragons and and dead people rising from the ashes? No, but that's <laughs> part of the show. It's part of the show. I mean, the whole. Thing I, I don't really think field. it's that out of left field. I just think it's rushed, and yeah. because it's rushed, it feels unearned. And that but, feels. And that's why for me, it's out of left field. A little out of left field. I. But yeah, but it's. I don't think it's out of left field, though. It wouldn't have been out of left field if it wasn't rushed and it was more earned. You're just a big Jon Snow stand. You just, I think you just need really to. Re- I don't think. It's I think. I think you need Snow. to rewatch. I think you need to rewatch because Nick yeah, and I re-watch. have done more recent rewatches, and I think less critically of the ending of that show than I did when it first came out. I agree with that. Okay. Not saying it's not saying it's at the same quality as seasons four through six because I don't think it is, and like the beginning of season seven. But it's not. It it takes a dip, but it's not as bad as we remember it. Okay, I will rewatch if you guys think that I'm that I, it deserves due diligence for a second rewatch. That's fair. Do you guys and, know we're, and, we're getting a Jon Snow uh, spinoff? Yeah, hopefully. I feel like we were supposed to, and they keep saying that, but I just don't. When do we get it? <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. No, but Kate. John John is a little bit of here's okay, you were a little dissatisfied that Tom got it because you wanted Ken to get it. You wanted you wanted Jon Snow to get it, and so did I, but Jon Snow couldn't have got it because he killed the queen. And the King Slayer can never be the king. It's just it doesn't work like that. We saw it from the beginning. Jamie Lannister was he was a a a martyr for the cause, yeah. but a martyr is dead. And he was his his claim to the sure. throne was dead at that point. point so i know but i know we wanted it but he's the king of the north he's also openly banging his sister it was super weird that also rubbed people the wrong way that was <laughs> that definitely rubbed people the wrong way um all right you both, have a game both, press before both rock. Were basically both, both <laughs> yeah that's it's true she was, his, on, she, was his, wow. she was his aunt right the... danny was john's aunt yeah something like yeah. that yeah so actually a lot of Good for drawing some nice parallels here. Uh, what's your game before we rock and roll? Uh, I mean, it was going to be the uh, Nick's favorite baseball players, or <laughs> baseball player or actor, but I went deep dive with the baseball players to make it really challenging, and I picked only minor leaguers. So the game has changed <sighs> to minor leaguer or actor. Oh, my God, dude. Who's going to survive this? Well, no, it's just a fun. It really okay, is just, okay, we're, we're that's giving, fine. We're giving Josh plays shot. minor league fantasy baseball. No, I don't. <laughs> do you? I do not. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. All right, all right. Let's play. Let's play. I'm done with this. All right. All right. 
Okay, well, there's uh, one, two, three, four, five. There's only six names, so this one, this one will go a bit quicker. Um, <clears throat> first name: Are they a baseball player? In parentheses, a minor leaguer or an actor? <laughs> Adrian Martinez, baseball player. Josh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go actor. Yeah, take more time with it, uh, Josh is miraculously correct on this one. Uh, okay. I'm sure I, I, you know what though? We sure there's not an Adrian Martinez that plays baseball. There's one that plays football for sure. Yes, definitely true. Where did he end up? Did he finish at Nebraska? No, he went to K-State. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's right. Adrian Martinez baseball. is a triple-A player. Right now for the there Vegas Aviators, so we both. Okay, play. so it's a so it's a both way to it's go. Okay. Uh, he's also a comedian and an actor, um, and that's the one that I was referencing. But I so love one, that one. For both of you. We both one. have one. <laughs> okay, uh, Antoine Kelly. Antoine Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go actor, baseball player. He is a baseball player. He's a pitcher for the Rough Riders. 2-1, Nicky Snacks. There you go. Oh, Nick, let's go. Josh uh, Keaton. Josh, wait, what was the last name? Keaton. K-E-A-T-O-N. Uh, baseball player. I'm going to say baseball player, too. I think you want to trick us with the Keaton name. You guys are both wrong. He is. Oh, he is, is he related actor. to Michael. Uh, I don't believe so. He is a long tenured voiceover actor and plays a character in Hercules, the new, the new, <laughs> new Spider Verse, Hercules TV show, actually, which is funny. Uh, he plays one of the characters in the Spider Verse new movie that comes out this this weekend. Is um, he actually in the Hercules TV show? Yes, I think so. <laughs> he's also Steve Rogers in What If, wow. so that means he's. He's basically the guy that like they wanted to sound like Chris Evans. So shout out to him. He's probably a, a pretty darn good voiceover actor. Nice. Um, okay. Andrew Cassetti. Baseball player. Yeah, baseball player. He is a catcher for the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Yeah, he's that sounds good. This guy sounds like an absolute Cassetti. catcher. Okay, so three two, Nick, right? Yep. Yes. Aaron Polensky. Baseball player. Actor. He's a baseball player. He's an outfielder for the Somerset Patriots. Nick with the 4-2 victory. Uh, I'll give you the last one, but Nick at this point has secured the bag and the dub. Uh, Devin Bostick. Baseball mm. player. Actor. Nick, why don't you just why don't you just get out with a, a really, really just wide open lead here, buddy? Because Devin Bostick is an actor. He is <laughs> in the new Arnold Schwarzenegger TV show. Uh, uh, Fubar, which is on Netflix. Wow! So Josh, yeah, Josh kind of got crushed in this one. Yeah, smoked. And Nick, you I'm got better the in one. the pros, dude. I'm better in the pro. He didn't. You didn't do anybody from the top 100. So it was, it's not the minor leaguers. I know. Very impressive. Very yeah. impressive. Yep. There you go. So that's right. another uh, actor or baseball player in parentheses. MILB. Italy. some a couple minors in the mix all right Maybe. fans out <laughs> fans out there drag both feet inbounds swing on a full count rip that puck hit that puck hit your pks because they free and hit your free throws i missed something there and hit your free throws why guys because they're free because they are free we outcho we love you
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.